Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Elliott. Super, super excited today. We got two gentlemen doing some wholesaling, doing some big stuff. They just started about, I think, earlier this year. They're going to dive into it in just a moment, but already had tremendous success, really starting to build up the momentum. Two partners in crime, and they are some great accountability partners. You guys are going to find a ton of value on this one. So without further ado... What's going on, fellas? How are we doing? Oh, what's, what's up? What's up, Brandon? We appreciate on, you having us on, hey, man. Thank a, you for the a, invitation. It's a pleasure and an honor to hey, be on your brief. 90th episode, man. Congrats on that. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Anybody out there that doesn't know exactly who you are, do you mind just diving into a little bit of your experience, where you guys come from? I know corporate America, and now you guys are doing some wholesaling, and uh, there's a lot of power behind that. I guess individually or maybe together, let me know. Yeah. Whoever wants to start off first, either Dave or Julian. Yeah, you, sure, you man. Go first, I'll man. start it off. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, my name is David Beer. So, fresh out of college, got into corporate America. You know, I was fortunate enough to get some, you know, corporate level management roles. You know, I quickly found out that it really wasn't for me, right? Was making really good money, but it just didn't fulfill me. And, you know, I had friends doing real estate and it always intrigued me. The more self education and the more reading of books that I did, I realized that real estate was the path to wealth. So, you know, I got into it originally as a real estate agent, you know, ended up meeting this guy because I always knew the long-term play for me was real estate investing. And, you know, he, he kind of intrigued me as far as what he was doing on the wholesale side. So, you know, kind of just a brief synopsis, uh, we met from bigger pockets. You know, that, that's Don't underestimate social media or bigger pockets. There is exactly. power behind that. Yeah. So we had a beer and realized how much, you know, we had in common yep. and really just kicked off from there, man. I'll, I'll kind of let you pick yeah, it up. I was, uh, story. Low key, I was interviewing you on uh, that <laughs> night. So, um, <laughs> you know, uh, so, uh, for me, right. man, uh, you know, the traditional background, you know, I went to school, went to, uh, Penn, you know, Pennsylvania, I went to a school uh, called Penn State. Yeah. Uh, you are familiar with big football school and uh, i'm from new jersey so it's like right there yeah, yeah. i'm from jersey, right, I'm from right. jersey as, as, as well man uh, shout out to 973 there we go <laughs> um got that 609 <laughs> baby <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah i went to penn state graduated a communications degree uh thought i might be doing something in production tv you know that jazz found out early it was very competitive very tough to get into you really need to know your people in that industry and also, it just, it just didn't pay well as far as my mindset, what I wanted in my life. Sure. So real quickly, met some people, got into the IT world. So I was doing some quality assurance with you know, websites and apps, manual testing, very little coding. I did not go to school for coding. Don't ask me how I got in. I just got <laughs> in. I met people. Yeah, got in that. And I knew very, very early on, did not want to do this for, you know, 30, 40, 50 years. And so did that for maybe four years. And cousin, that just kept talking to me about real estate, talking to me about wholesaling. Hey, man, look into this. I thought it was a scam. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, you know, then he, he had joined this boot camp thing. He, he gave me the login, his account, and I watched it. Then, you know, opened my eyes a little bit. 
started looking into more research, YouTube, Googling, bigger pockets. I had a friend of mine that told me to get on bigger pockets, get on bigger pockets. I said, great. I was still in corporate America at this time. And then it was coming into the summer of last year, summer of 2018. Yeah. So I joined bigger pockets in about June, probably of 2018. Then I, you know, got familiar with it, started asking questions on there. I asked a question about, I think, house hacking, probably. Right, right? Right, right. This is like, I got the real estate bug now. I got the real right, estate right, bug now. Right. And um, uh, house hacking, I think, was something I was really looking into. I'm like, how can I like really invest into a property and also not spend on the mortgage and, and things like that? So got with Dave. Dave commented on my post. I was like, Dave, you want to grab a beer, man? I see you're in Orlando. Right. Right. So we're in Orlando. And so we got a beer. What's funny about that, too, I don't think I told Dave this before I walked in because Dave was already inside waiting for me at Yard House. That's right. right. Yard That's House, right. Yard House and in, 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 uh, on iDrive. There you go. Where, where all the magic happens. <laughs> <laughs> so so just before I walk in, I'm on the phone with a, with a different cousin of mine talking about real estate and talking about how I'm like really excited and really pumped to get myself into real estate. And I'm meeting a dude that has about the same mindset. I, I at least think, you know, I'm excited to meet, have the opportunity to, to meet. And I, I meet him and it just took off from there. Really did. Right. Yeah. It just took off from there, man. It, it shared a lot of the mindset and vision that we had, you know, similar together. Yeah. Just became really good friends. Just became really good we just, friends. We, we had yeah. the same kind of things in common yeah. and the same kind of vision and goals. And, you know, the more that we spend time with each other, the more that we realized, you know, hey, we could do something together. And yeah. Be big. It started out as, as being accountability partners from sure. there. That time and point in time, I was still in corporate America. He was becoming or was a real estate agent. Right. So okay. he he had his own goals at that time for yeah. being, in, in being a real estate agent, building his own team and things like that. Right. And I had a vision of doing wholesaling. But I also at that time, I think I was more about house hacking and just, you know, in real estate. Then come October or late October of 2018, I actually get fired from my job because, you know, I'm at my job talking, you know, taking phone calls outside, talking to sellers and talking to realtors and doing all this thing. Basically wholesaling at work. Yeah. Trying to do the not, whole, not, 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 yeah. not sustainable. Yeah. Not, not sustainable. Not sustainable. No. Yeah. Come to find out it's not sustainable. Talk uh, about leverage, baby. That's what's up. <laughs> trying That's to get, like, yeah. Trying to get paid hourly and do that real true, uh, you know, real estate hustle grind, you know, while yeah. I was, and uh, so, so, yeah. so what was your corporate America job? If you don't mind me asking. Yes. I was doing quality assurance for like, you know, apps and website for I, the last job I had was at pub, for public headquarters. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah, I was doing uh, quality assurance. I was part of a team that tested the, their apps and web and website features. When did you guys exactly meet? That was like June or July of 2018. 2018. And then yeah. when did you get let go from your job? October. October. Yeah, okay. So it, about, so it was about three, three to four months after, right. after meeting Dave. Right. Okay. So, and then after that, like, where was your mindset? Was there fear that started coming involved? Like how were you overwhelmed? Were you like, shit, like, what am I going to do next? Yeah. Still super passionate about this. Should I go all in? Like what? All right. I'll back up a little bit. Dave was already full-time, like trying to be a real estate agent. Right. And I was sure. always talking to him about like, dude, right. I, this is not something I want to do. All Like my corporate job. This is not something I want to do forever. And he was always telling me to like, just make the I job. Was, make the I job. was recruiting him. I he was, was like, recruiting Look, me. It's, just a, it's just a mindset. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, dude, yeah. you just need to quit. Cause it's, my story is a little different as an, I had built up a certain amount of reserves. And yeah. once I got to that threshold, I was like, all right, I'm out. And I I'm all in. And then, yeah, I just got all into real estate. So I was trying to, you know, help him to do the same thing, but you know, it actually turned out it, it happened sooner than 
you know, he would have liked to at the time, but, you know, obviously it, you know, was a good thing. It, I truly feel like everything happens for a reason. Yes. Sometimes we're not like, right. Like our mindset are just like, we're not quitters, you know? Yes. <laughs> so uh, we're not naturally going to, I don't know, get out of our comfort zone to, to push ourselves, even though we know that, yes, it would be good. There's a lot of fear that comes behind it. That's right. how it was for me, at least. Yeah. Sure. So I, I resonate with you. I really do. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. It, you yeah. know, that, that push over the edge to make you like, now you have no choice. So you're going to go out and get another nine to five that, that you no. dislike and start over kind of again, or are you going to follow your passion and go all in? Exactly. exactly. And that's what it was. I had no like remorse or regret as soon as they told me that. I was they tell me I'm I'm let go. First of all, the interview just started like, do you feel like you're putting hundred percent of your time into this job? Right? That was like the first, very first question they asked me. And I was like, <laughs> and I, was like I was like, um, yeah, I do. I yeah. do <laughs> but right after that they decided to let me go. Yeah. And of of course, like, you know, as soon as you hear those words, you feel some guilt, right? But sure. as soon as I like walked out the door, I was like, this is good. And at the time I had saved reserves just like Dave did. So, Oh, thank God. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know why? Cause I've been let go from two other corporate jobs before that. Right? Yeah. So the, the mindset of stability with corporate America is not there. <laughs> right. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And the mindset for reserves came real quick after I got let go for a second time. Sure. So like, I get let go for a second time. My, I get my third corporate position or yeah, third corporate position and third or fourth. And uh, right there, I was like, okay, I am saving every check I get. Every check I get. From May of 2018 to October, I had saved like seven grand. Okay, good. So, so in like five months or six months, five months, I think. Yeah. So I had saved seven grand, then I got let go. So I was in a good, I was in a good place. I was in a good place financially. Okay. And, and, so and I decided to just jump right in. I love that. I love that. So then as far as wholesaling goes, like what kind of education and like, so you guys identify wholesaling's what you guys want to do, right? Was that an agreement or? No, not at all. So I had come off like reading the millionaire real estate agent and all these other books. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to scale, you know, on market real estate business. And, you know, I, I put all of my time and energy into doing that. And it's extremely difficult. You know, I was, I was making some headway with it, but, you know, sure. not at all at the pace that I wanted to make. But meanwhile, you know, Julian was all in on wholesaling, right? But him and I, you know, we were still hanging out all the time and, and spending time together. Like I would be working and he would be working, but I'd be working on my on-market business and he was working on his wholesaling business. And eventually, you know, I, I was like, look, I kind of want to get into this with you. And I kind of wanted to dip my toe into to two different places, and, and I didn't, we didn't have a lot of success with that, obviously. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> I was but, you know, yeah. Focus, focus on one thing till success. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Oh my God. We could attest yes. to that. Trust yes. me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, needless to say, didn't have a lot of success with it from that standpoint. Right. But the, the cool thing about our story is uh, that we ended up meeting a third partner. Okay. And this guy had a crazy rental portfolio portfolio. He owned like 138 properties and, and really he, he brought up to us an opportunity and uh, you know, he was kind of recruiting me to do wholesaling with him. Mm -hmm. And you know, I was like, all right, well, I have a business partner. His name is Julian. You know, he's already doing that. I'm kind of halfway doing it. Yeah. Uh, we kind of just met with him and, to see what it was about. And um, talk about the law of attraction thing though. Before yeah. That, yeah. Before man. That, man. Uh, you know, I was, so, you know, we, we are firm believers in the law of attraction now. Yeah. Uh, I, I was, you know, I was at the point in my business where I was probably closing like, you know, four on market transactions per month, you know, but it, you know, it, it wasn't where I wanted it to be. But anyway, I was affirming to myself constantly over and over again, 
you know what, I want to meet people that are where I envision myself being within yeah. the next five to 10 years. I want to meet with these people and, you know, kind of get a mentor that could guide us in, in that way. Surprisingly enough, not even a week or two later, this guy that we just mentioned who ended up being our third partner, you know, reaches out to me and we meet with, and, and really that's kind of how our story really got off the ground then. Yeah. After we met him, we closed our first multi-unit deal and two duplexes that we found in Central Florida, Kissimmee. We wholesaled them. It was about a $40,000 profit off of one uh, deal. And, you know, from there, I was just like, all right, you know, I see it. This was 10 times easier than anything I've been doing on yeah. market and, um, and uh, obviously extremely profitable. Yeah. Now, before that deal, you know, even never happened, Dave was still teeter-tottering with on-market real estate. I was. I right? was because I had built and, up a, a huge pipeline and yeah. it was hard for me to let it go. Yeah. 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 So so Dave had always had these buyers, you know, he was always in contact with these buyers calling him, by, you know, right. I'm looking for on-market properties. And so our third partner at the time we had just met, his name is, you know, uh, well, his name is Raul. So he, we just met him and he basically pushed him to basically to go, yeah. yeah, to drop it. To go all in. To yeah. go all in. Yeah. And it was, it was really at that point where we were all really all in. Yes. And uh, then that deal. Yeah. And, and, and then um, we started picking up some momentum man, yeah. and, you know, we, we really had some amazing and incredible months, right? Followed by some peaks and valleys because we didn't know what we didn't know yeah, at that, the time. Right. Yeah. But, you know, all in all, man, that's, you know, that's kind of how it got started. That's how, for us. Yeah, that's how it got started yeah. for me. And for real, I'll just keep it quick before you, you know, to, before you have any other questions, man. But for me, so I got let go. Nothing wrong with this, but I was, you know, I'm, I'm at my parents' house. Right. So yeah. I'm, at my par- I'm at my parents' house because I believe in, uh, you know, if you got something good, if you can live with your family, live with your family. Save your money. Don't be one of those fools out there that lives with the, that situation and then not saving money. Please yes. right. don't be that oh, yes. Please like, yes. save your money. All right. If you're, exactly. eight, if you're 18 years old, if you're 20, 19, like if you're home, stay home. If it's a good uh, environment for you, stay right. home. Yeah, if it's safe, if, if it's good, if it's not like, just save your money, bottom line, and act as if you are paying your own rent or like paying expensive type of expenses out there. Like if you can get help by any means, milk right. that for a little bit, save up and have goals behind that to get out and, and put your money to work. And I, went to, and I went to a big university, so I, you know, I owe a, a crap ton. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so at that time, at that time, I'm good. You know, back in my mind, you know, I got, all right, so I'm at my parents' house. I'm still there today because I have all this debt. I have gold behind of, behind what I'm doing. I'm still there. And my parents, you know, you got your parents always talking to you about, all right, so when are you going to get your next interview? When are you going to get your next interview? Or when are you going to get your next job? And I'm like, guys, you know, chill out. Yeah, please, yeah, yeah. please, like chill out and uh, work with me. Trust me. I believe in what I'm doing right now. Right. And I've saved this amount of money. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be good. I want to give this a try. Give me like, you know, 60 days or whatever. I didn't, I didn't tell him, give me a time frame, but I said, give me a month or two. Sure. Right. So that's happening. And how I got my first two deals were JV. I joined, I did a joint venture with people who had deals. So I would say just first, right off the bat for, for whoever's listening and you're trying to get your first deal, mm-hmm. this is a very good way of getting your first, you know, a first deal, right? There's people out there who already acquire properties. And if you see it in, coming in your email inbox, right, try to reach out on Facebook, on Craigslist, 
go to RIAs, go to real estate investing associate uh, meetings and meet other investors and other buyers and tell them about that deal that you found and see who wants to get in on it with you. Okay. Um, and that's how I got my first two deals. My first two deals were like, one was like a thousand bucks, the other one was 2000 bucks. But that's how I like, you know, it put a stamp on like, especially with my parents too, at the time. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, confirmation. Yeah. It's like, yeah, hey, it's confirmation. Proof of like, I can get, I can like, get paid yeah, with this. this. this like, can I can get work. paid with this. Sure. Yeah. This can work. Sure. Okay. And then it was after those two deals where me and Dave had met our third partner. Now we're all, you know, we're all in there. On that. Right. Right. Now you guys got the trifecta here and three powerhouses. Right. I guess before we dive into like breaking down what wholesaling looks like, the yeah. steps behind it, what are your guys' three roles? Like, do you guys all have different responsibilities within the business? Sure. Or how does that work? Sure. At, at so, that time? So the third partner we're no longer with, it is, it's just me and Julian now, right? And we've tried a number of different things, right? At one point, Julian was just on acquisitions and I was just on dispositions. And the, you know, the third partner was just kind of overseeing things. Uh, now you, that it's just, can you break that down for the listeners, the difference? Yes. Between- yeah. So Julian focusing on acquisitions, basically what he's doing is he's direct to seller. So he's in charge of locking up the deal, locking up the contract at, you know, at an extremely discounted price that we know that, Hey, you know, we can make some kind of uh, profit off of this. And then there's still enough meat on the bone, obviously for an investor to be able to come in and it'd be a great deal for them to buy it in cash. Right. Uh, so that's what Julian was focusing on and, you know, trying to lock up at least, let's say three deals a week was the goal that we had in mind. Sure. And obviously there's some weeks that we fell short of that. And there's some weeks that we surpassed that. And then me being on the disposition side. Now, the fortunate thing of me being a real estate agent on market is I almost solely focused on working with investors because that's where I had a passion for it, Right. And really I was able to speak the language and I knew what I was talking about. I knew what I was doing. So I already had a buyer's list built in that we, um, that we were working off of, right? That and on top of, you know, just tapping into other people's network, working with other, you know, big players in our market. That's what I focused on, right? The disposition side is essentially moving the deals, finding that cash buyer, and, you know, obviously being able to explain to them and show them the numbers as far as, you know, how a deal works and why it is a deal. And then from there, you know, we had a transaction coordinator, and, uh, you know, we had some other people helping us with paperwork, but, you know, that was really the initial phases of the business. And, you know, we were still in the process of figuring a lot of things even, out. Even, uh, I think you might've missed the part. So, so once we got that first like big check, so we had, so we had gotten like three, we had sold, I think three deals in that first month. Right. Right. right, right. So I think we had sold like three deals in that first month. So we right. got a big head on our, you know, we got a big head we got confidence right now. Oh, yeah. And we're like, all right, man, you know, we need help yes. on getting more of these deals. Yes. So let's bring in like, uh, let's bring in people. Like we the, literally month two, month two, month two, we were month already, two or three. We're like, all right, let's hire. Bring in callers. And yeah. shows, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we did three deals. We know exactly. <laughs> yeah, we know exactly what, what we're to do. doing. Let's, yeah. Right. So, um, machines. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, this is where it gets like, it goes downhill. Oh man. Yes. So, like, what's funny is that each three, all three of us had one person that we had in mind. All right. 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 So, right. so we, we, I got the one person, it was a girl that I, that, that I just felt she had the drive and she was always contacting me about real estate. So I brought her in, he brings in another friend of his and, and our third partner brings in another associate or another friend that used to work. They used to work together. So we all had, we all had a guy and then um, they, they came in and they started doing cold calls for us. Right. So it was like a call center. (laughs) Yeah. We basically, we basically had an in-house call center Yeah, and all of our time and energy was, was focused on 
trying to also acquire deals, but train these, you know, these, these people that we just brought in to do the yeah, same yeah. thing. And uh, really, it just slowed everything down for us. Slowed and we, everything down. We, we didn't see any deals come in that month. Right. Yeah. And also, you know, all our time was on them and like trying to train them. And we just, we just dipped our toes into that way too fast. Way too fast. And um, but then with that, how, how soon after that month did you guys let those, those guys go? Or did they quit because they're like, hey, we don't see anything here. It's not going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little bit of both. It was both. A little bit of both. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> One like yeah. one of them was the so, latter of what you said. They're just like, yeah, we're not, I'm not seeing enough money and left. The other two, we had to, you know, actually let go ourselves. Yeah, was that like um, a month after or two months? Yeah, it was. It a, was like a. It was. I would, I would say, say thirty to forty days. Oh yeah, I would say anywhere from four to six weeks for, yeah. for literally all three of them. Yeah, yeah, for all three of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's break down the process of you know, obviously that's a huge learning curve. Kind of right. trying to scale too quick without actually. Like you just got the training wheels off and then like, we're trying to go full. We're getting on the dirt bike now. You slow it down. Right. <laughs> yep. So that's a great learning curve, but like, let's step back for a second and let's just break down the whole process as far as what you guys are doing to get these leads, just the whole breakdown of wholesaling business. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. at this point we're a lot more systematized. We, we know a lot uh, more of, about what we're doing since we've closed a lot more deals. Right. Cool. Uh, so for us now it's all about people, systems and processes. Right. Right now we have three cold callers, virtual assistants, we're going to be hiring a fourth either this week or next week. So basically we have a script for our cold callers. They're basically cold calling a list that we skip trace mm -hmm. uh, where we're able to, de to determine some kind of distressed property owners, right? Whether, it's an absentee property owner, uh, a probate, a uh, divorce. There's, there's some kind of indicator that would, you know, we would assume that they would be, you know, uh, willing to sell and, uh, you know, we could buy it at a price that would work for us and hopefully help them out at the same time. Right. So, so we're, we're looking for those win-win kind of scenarios. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So let's break down the whole step-by-step -step just so a lot of the listeners out there can actually be able to take action on this stuff because- right. Um, the, the podcast in general, it's all geared towards educating people, motivating them and preparing them to take action. I believe yeah. there's tons of motivation and a lot of things that you guys have already accomplished in a short period of time to be able to get these awesome results. So the motivations there, let's dive into step-by-step step how these guys can actually implement some of these things. So your very first piece of kind of getting started with this wholesaling is skip tracing, right? Getting a list together and breaking it down. Yeah. Right. If I can say this too, if, if for those that are, you know, very motivated, you know, you're probably all, you know, doing your research, you're on YouTube, Google, bigger pockets, if you're reading, if you're reading books, um, you can only do so much of that, right? You got to execute, yeah. got to execute. So this is one way of executing and the cheapest way. And that's driving for dollars, mm -hmm. right? Drive, drive for dollars in your neighborhood, in your backyard, you know, do it, do it at least two to three hours a week, right? Like just drive around. You're only spending money on gas. It's very, very doable do that, build a list of like, you know, you got to at least do a hundred, 200 or 300 a week, right? Just build that list. As soon as you do that every week or every two weeks, skip trace it. You can use batch skip tracing.com. That's a good one. You know, there's a few others out there. You know, you can use a coupon code and, you know, not, no one's paying me for this, but TTP is a good coupon code for that. Right. So then from there, you want to grab a dialer like Mojo, right? And just cold call that list. You got to do this every week because if you're not doing this every week, I mean, when do you want to get paid? Yeah. So, so if, if you want to get paid right, right now, you, you better be doing this like every week. So you do this every week, you uh, call this list to like at least three to five times because the entire list. Yeah. Yeah. Just the entire list. You want to call it at least three to five times. Right. 
And then you're going to grab all these leads, right? You're going to grab a ton of leads from that and you must follow up and uh, you know, must follow up to, to get your deals because you might not catch them on, on a good day. They might be busy, right? Just constantly follow up with them, build rapport with them and lock something on their contract. Now over the phone, are you giving them resources? Like, do they ever want verification of like, Hey, are you legitimate? Like, do they ask for your experience? Do they ask for websites, how they can look up you? You'd be very surprised. It hardly ever happens. Yeah. Hardly ever happens. Yeah. There's the rare occasion where it does, right? You know, at, at first we didn't have any kind of web presence or anything like that. We just had people, you know, look up our LLC name, yeah, right? Sure. And, and just tell them, hey, we're local investors in the area. We don't have really a website or an online ah, presence. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell, tell all you listeners out there too, like we don't have business cards. We, don't, we still don't have a website for our sellers. This is, those are not things you need like right now. You do not need those out. today. We, no. still, we still don't have that today and we're, right. we're doing deals. Yes. Um, How many deals have you guys done just to get an understanding uh, and motivation for the... Yeah, absolutely. So at this point right now, we've done 21. We'll be closing on our 22nd deal this week. Okay. Let's uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Because yeah. we're, we're primarily focusing on absent or not, well, absentees and multi-units, our average spread is uh, is a lot bigger than you know most people just focusing on single family homes. Yeah, our, our average spread is actually right under twenty thousand per deal. That's so awesome. We yeah exactly. So it, it's you know again just motivation to, again to the listeners out there that you know there's not that many people that are targeting multi unit properties compared to those that are targeting absentee lists, which you'll have like you know ten other people in your market at least calling yeah. the list. So plus your end buyer is going to be a lot more investor friendly, like. Exactly. Because they want the cash flow, they want the birth strategy, whatever they want to do with it. So you're dealing with a more sophisticated individual. And it goes both ways too. You're actually dealing with an easier seller too at the same time. Yep. They're investor friendly too. Not all of them, but most of them are investor friendly too. Some of them are just your average person that just bought a house because he thought it was the right thing to do and that's the only one they have or whatever. But much easier than the typical single family uh, seller. Right. Okay, cool. So let's break this down one more time. So I guess the first step is very simple. Somebody can drive around, they can find, get a list of somewhat distressed properties. Yes. Two to 300 properties, write those down. And then you can use websites like, what was it? Uh, Batch? Batch. Batch is the one we're using, right? Yeah. Okay. There's so all kinds of batch, other there. So basically, yeah, there, there's dozens of them. Basically, somebody can just figure out skip tracing, type in their information. It'll pull it up. You pay for it. How much are you guys typically spending on your marketing for this? We're, I mean, just for skip tracing, just for skip tracing, uh, we're probably spending between a thousand to three thousand or a thousand to four. Last month, we were a little irresponsible with our <laughs> with our spending. Yes, but but yeah, typically a thousand to four thousand yeah just on lists yep. right and so i mean you know but but at the same time we're we're buying lists in huge quality or, or quantities sure right? so usually we're having like 10 to twenty thousand. yeah and that shouldn't intimidate anybody that should like we just got to that point you can be skipping yeah that's goals that's like getting up yeah. there in the beginning you right. guys were probably starting with a lot less correct oh, significant that's not we're skip tracing for like 50 bucks yes you know? yeah yeah, yeah, maybe a couple hundred. Yeah. So sure. you, the, the point is you don't, you know, getting started in this, you don't need to invest a ton of capital. Yeah. If you have the drive, the consistency and the discipline to be able to call those property owners yourself and to get through, a, you know, a, a couple hundred uh, multi-units or absentee uh, list, you know, you should be able to source at least one or two deals 
from that list if you're consistent in your follow-up. You know what I mean? I love that. The follow-up's everything, but also now you guys are at that point of you're casting your net bigger. So you got yeah. a bigger, wider range. You're two to $4,000 per month for your spend for marketing, getting your list. That's for what you said about 20,000 right. on the list. Yeah. Right. So that's, it's pretty big. It's a pretty big net that somebody's covering. And then you guys are utilizing, you're uploading that into like Moji caller. Right. And then, I mean, th- there's a bunch of different, yeah. Or Mojo. Mojo we, we probably used yeah. every dialer out there. The, at least the one, the one that we're on now, and probably the one that is the best that we've used so far is Call Tools, and and that's the one that we're currently using. So yeah. it's really good. It is. And then calling them uh, follow up three to five times, at least. At least the list. At least call the list three to five times. Grab your leads. Remove the people that aren't interested or do not call. Right. You, right. you yeah. remove those. All the leads you got, you have them in a lead bucket and then keep calling that same list. Right. So now how many times have uh, you heard the individual answer the phone? They're like, okay, well, what's your offer? (laughs) Uh, Every day. (laughs) Every day, if not every single call or every other call at least. What's happening now is um, we get on the phone with a seller and they're saying, you know, I'm getting these calls every other day. You're about the fifth person this week. (laughs) Right. You know? at that point, is that is that some kind of discouragement to you? Like if somebody, if your list is getting targeted very hard, would you want to switch to a new list or do you just keep on following up, be persistent, be educating, like guide them in the right direction? Yeah, exactly. The, the way that we look at it, man, is it's all about execution, right? Our only competition is ourselves in our mind, right? That's right. Uh, we feel like, you know, we could out execute just about anyone in our market. Love and, it. And the reason for that is because the way that we feel that we're able to communicate and actually go in there with the right intention of trying to help someone in, in a bad situation, you know, it makes all the difference in the world, right? Mm-hmm. It, it really does. When you go in there with the right intention, you're able to build that trust mm-hmm. and that rapport. It makes really the, the complete yeah. difference you, versus a VA yeah. that's reaching out nine times out of 10 and calling these property owners, you know, when we're, when we're reaching out and kind of following up ourselves. And you got to try to, I mean, when you, put some time into this you got to like your approach has to be a little bit different so a seller says something like you're you know you're the fifth person this week you know you got to what's your offer then what do you what do you what's your offer sure yeah all right well do you want me to reply what's your offer or do you want me to reply like okay all right i'll do i'll do both (laughs) all right right, i'll do both so uh, real real quick what's your offer real quick we'll just say well i mean really it's difficult for us to say that you know we, we can't do that without getting any details on the property you know we can't give an educated offer fair offer without that so, right. I mean, is it all right if I ask you just a few questions about it? Right. Right. And then you go into it. Now, the other part, the other piece, when you have people telling you, you know, you're the fifth person or the 10th person this week, this month, you kind of have to like turn a switch to like sympathize with them. Yeah. And like, right. you're like, wow. So you got called, you know, 10 times this week or 10 times this month. Right. Really. And so what's been happening? How's that been? Right. Yeah. And just, now, you're just, now you're just talking about that. And, you know, so what went wrong with that? Or and like, you, how, be- how, how can we you know, I want to work with you here. Right. right. You, yeah. You'd be surprised yeah. like some of the, the, the negative stories that they have out there. Right. Oh, because sure. There's a lot of other wholesalers that are doing the same thing. Right. But they're not following through. They're not executing. Yep. So, and a but lot of it, what they're saying either. So they're, exactly. they're building the bad name for it. They are, yes. or they'll get it under contract at too high of a price and then they'll just never be able to close on it. Yeah. And we actually see that a lot as well. So, oh, well, so at this point, if they want to give a, a straight offer or they need an offer right over the phone or else they don't want to deal with you, if they say, well, you should know 
the due diligence, you're the one reaching out to me, you saw the property, all this other stuff, then simply those individuals aren't motivated enough. I would potentially try to persuade them or maybe put them in the follow-up list again, try to catch them on a better day. If not, then I would just put it in one of those buckets, most likely. I don't know. You, you guys let me know. Would you just put in one of those buckets of like, yeah. don't call these guys back. They're, they're not going to, they're not motivated. You're, you're absolutely yeah. right. It's, it's tough. Um, so like typically, yeah, they're not motivated, right? But you can still turn those around too. So sure. like, like you said, maybe you hit them up on a different day, but like we had a VA that reached out to someone like that, right? Our VA, we have VA cold callers and they'll reach out to someone and they'll put in the notes, lead only wanted our offer. And then he hung up. I'm like, okay, right. We still followed up with them. Right. And it wasn't just what's your offer and hung up. We tried to like work with him, ask him, you know, we just try to work with him. Like I, I went on an appointment from a lead that was like that. I, yeah, I got yeah. an appointment. So, so make your own column of like follow-ups of just those guys. Yes. And, uh, and at that point on a rainy day, you know, maybe let's give them all a call and, and see how that goes. Yes, yeah. exactly. Typically, so, we don't want to follow up with those people. No, nor me, me and Julian don't want to because it's yeah. not high ROI. So yeah. the way that we have it structured right now is basically we have our cold callers putting uh, our leads into three potential buckets. So it's either retail, right? So they're basically saying they want market value, right? And how they determine that is basically in call tools, there's a link to Zillow for that specific property. So the direction that we give them is, okay, if it's at or above the Z estimate, that goes in the retail bucket, right? And then we'll either have someone on our retail side, like a realtor reach out to them and try to convert it to a listing. We're still actually figuring, that, figuring out that aspect of the business because we don't have it streamlined yet. Sure. Uh, the other two buckets are motivated, right? So it's basically they're, they're saying like, okay, let's say the, the Z estimate is 100000 and they're saying I'd take 75000 for it, right? Or maybe they don't even give you a price, but you're able to tell based off of the conversation that they need to sell ASAP. And those are the ones that Julian and I are reaching out to immediately, right? Mm -hmm. uh, as soon as one of our VAs get one of, one of those kind of calls, they'll text us and let us know, hey, I have a motivated lead. Yep. There's, about, there's about two or three leads that we have already from our from callers today. Today, yeah, that, today that we need that to reach out I'm to. like, man, we have to follow up with them right. ASAP as soon as we're done. Yeah, so, <laughs> so what is the time frame of following up once it comes into your bucket of like, okay, these guys want an offer, they, they're serious, this is yeah. the price that, they, uh, that they're comfortable with in your range how quickly and how important is it for you to follow up with them like you guys it's, the closers if it's in if it's in motivated it's extremely important to follow extremely. up with like, let's go today type of thing right, right. And, and, and to that point brandon we've actually lost out on deals just because we weren't quick enough with the follow-up because sure. in, in orlando it's an extremely competitive market yeah. so what we're, we're working on now is tightening up that system right so as soon as we get a motivated lead either julian or myself are reaching out to it immediately at least the same day, no later than same day. Yeah. So you guys are leaving money on the table right now just by doing this interview. <laughs> I appreciate you guys above and beyond. I know how important, you know, 20 grand feels and you got a couple of those in, in the mix right now. Like, we'll send you an invoice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listeners are taking it in right now. This is some powerful stuff. So those three buckets again, you said retail and then the other two were motivated and potential, right? So anything that goes into potential is like you said, Hey, I want an offer. Our VAs are, are trained and have a script that basically they're going to ask three separate times to try to get a number, right? So they're like, okay, well, what is your number? You know, Mr. Seller? Oh, well, I don't, I don't really know. You called me, right? And then, oh yeah. <laughs> can you give me kind of just a ballpark figure as far as what you would accept 
And again, they give them the value. So our offer is a cash offer. We buy as is. That means no repairs. Uh, you know, there's no real estate or, or realtor fees. Right. Uh, we pay all closing costs. So in the end, that's going to save you thousands of dollars, right? So at the end of the day, you know, what is kind of a ballpark figure that you, you, you might be looking for for your house, you know, for a cash offer. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they'll, they'll try one more time after that. And if, 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 you know, they're still adamant about not giving a price, we put it into our potential folder. Yeah. Okay. So it's very, very crucial to get them to actually give you a number first. It, correct? It, 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 it is. It'd be nice because yeah. that way we know, you know, we're not wasting our time. Right. Right. But, it's uh, a starting point. You want to yeah. make sure that he get, they give the first starting point instead right. of you giving. It's a good, it's just a good identifier knowing if you have a deal or not. Right. Now, do you give a range if they don't want to give the number? Do you give yes. a range? Like, we could probably offer anywhere from 60 to 80. Maybe. So, this is, this is how you want to approach it. You can't tell them like that. You kind of have to tell them, well, I'll be honest with you, you know, Mr. Seller and Mrs. Seller. We've been buying properties in that area for between this and this. Yeah. With it being similar to your property and needing this amount of work, we've been buying it between 70 and 80 or 70 and 85. Yeah. Okay. So then afterwards you're going to get their, uh, their reaction from it. And usually they're going to spill the beans of like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. I won't take anything less than 95. You're like, cool. I'm glad you gave that number. Let's go. Exactly. Exactly. Cause also, also you did have a number in mind. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So you were able to Google that property and see what Zello says it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then you said the Z, uh, estimate, are you talking about Zillow estimate or correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Now, how how accurate is the Zillow estimate in your guys' opinion for certain areas? Sometimes yeah. it's very accurate in certain areas. Other times it's 100% completely off. It's right. it's completely hit or miss. It really is, man. It depends on how many comps. And I, obviously, I don't know Zillow's algorithm, right? Uh, something else that we use and we learned from uh, Brandon at that event that, that we met you at in Jacksonville yeah. is, uh, what is it, RPR, RPR. in the MLS? So uh, I'm a licensed uh, real estate agent. I, we have access to the MLS. RPR, the difference between them and Zillow is RPR is able to get all of the sales, not just what has sold on market. So RPR, basically everything that has sold within, you know, a given, let's say mile, two mile radius, they're able to populate that and it gives you a more accurate of an estimate just kind of at a glance, just by typing in the address. Yeah. Now, do, you, do you need the MLS access for that? You do. You do need for MLS RPR. access for RPR. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, RPR does on market sold and as well as off market sold right. is what RPR does. Now for somebody that doesn't have access to that, like somebody brand new getting started, what would you recommend for them to do to get that ARRB if they can't figure out with those methods? Sure. There's plenty of other websites out there. I would say the best thing to do is to, you know, uh, have relationships with realtors sure. because it, it could go a long, long way. Right. Yeah. Um, I know people that are just using Zillow. We touch Zillow just a little bit. I mean, mostly, you know, we have access to MLS, so we just use MLS and RPR. But people are out there doing, just using Zillow for comparables. So they're probably going into the the neighborhoods tab and looking at the comparables or they're filtering out between the year built and square footage on Zillow in that, within that neighborhood. And they're trying to do their comparables there. Yeah. But to that point, someone with MLS access has, has a little bit of an advantage because yeah. just more data. Of course. I love that. So there is power behind having your license. There's certain things that you can do. There's also a few little disclosures you need to put out there as well, but 
depends yeah. on which side you're on. Absolutely. As far as if, if you're on the back end and you're the agent, then you're going to be selling it off to another. You're just connecting the dots within right. the company, which is awesome right. for the end buyer. So let's talk about the numbers for a second. So you figure out the ARV, get best close to that. Uh, afterwards, a lot of these breaking down and figuring out the numbers is going to be over the phone or actually for every deal, are you going out to the properties and checking out? I mean, that would take a lot of time consumed. Yeah. So in this market and in today's wholesaling age now, you cannot just go out on appointments all the time. No. Um, it really, I mean, it really depends on your market. I know our market is hot, too hot to just rely on the appointment setting. Right. You have to negotiate right there and then over the phone. Um, once you have your numbers together, call them back and ask them what we basically you can work out with them. You will lose a deal if you're trying to set an appointment because if your appointment is in two days, right? And today, let's say today's, today's Thursday. If your appointment's on Saturday, Friday comes around, another wholesaler or another investor is going to call that. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, you're going to lose out. You're going to offer on the phone. Yeah, and you're gonna and you're gonna call that seller on Saturday. And he's going to say, "Hey, I already have it on the contract." Yep. Yeah. Now, now to that point, I mean, obviously there is power in face to face. Right, 100%. But really, our goal is to be able to build the systems to be able to do this virtually. Right. So we're we're kind of discouraging going on appointments. Right. We we want to lock up the deal first and then go see it. I couldn't agree more. Power. Right. Yeah, that's power. Exactly. So so let's break down these numbers. You figure out the ARV. What is your algorithm? What is your numbers on your offer price? What you're coming up with? So you guys can still make money, and depends on how distressed it is. So yeah, forth. So, so it really depends, right? So like our off market stuff, like you can't really do that, you know, 70% with like multifamilies. So that, and that's another topic I, we wanted to like bring up too sure. when we're offering on multi-units. But when you're doing like single families and it's a typical 70% minus repairs, uh, I know we know in that in Orlando, people will buy 85% minus repairs, right? Yeah. Um, so know your market. So you kind of just have to know your market. Right. Uh, and, and, and then, uh, and then we kind of just take it from there. M- MLS, when we're offering on the MLS, he will tell you we're not doing that. Right? Sure. So, so, and, and here's another point to that, Brandon. So on the MLS way, we're able to see, you know, what properties have sold within a one to two mile radius for cash. Right. Yeah. And then basically we're determining, all right, you know, what do those look like inside compared to ours? And, you know, obviously we know we need to be under that number to be able to sell it and have a little bit of a cushion for a profit. Sure. Um, so to say that we have this sophisticated algorithm and system in place, we do not, right? Uh, you know, that's something that we could clearly improve on. But, you know, the, the system and the method that we're, work, that we're using right now works. Uh, you know, obviously, as we continue to grow this, uh, you know, that's something that we're going to have to have a better system and, and kind of process for. So have you ever had any issues with offering too much or just not getting the right numbers and then you can't, you can't sell it? Yes, yeah, sometimes, we have. Sometimes, yeah. it can, and sometimes it can be difficult to find comparables on multifamily. Sometimes it right. can be difficult on finding comparables on a particular house. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes we might get something uh, on a contract that might be a little bit higher, right? right? But the objective, ladies and gentlemen, is to get it on the contract and figure the rest out later. Right. Sure. So, sure. Now, in those situations, if what would you do? Do you go back to the seller and say, hey, I think we offered too high. We can, none of our partners want to buy this at this price, but this is what they're comfortable with. Can we renegotiate on that or yeah. do you let it go? No. Yeah. So we'll always try to renegotiate, right? Basically we'll, we'll, we'll say something along the lines of, you know, after we got inside and we were able to do our numbers and, you know, see how much work the property actually needs, we kind of overestimated how much we'd be able to offer on it. So, you know, after we, we did our calculations as far as how much the renovations would be, uh, you know, the time and energy that it would take to take on this project, you know, we would need it at X price 
versus the price that we have it at right now. Sure. And at that point, have you ever been in the situation where you're not getting any bites from any buyers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, oh, yeah. We're, we're, we, that's a current situation. We have one of those right now, actually. Yes. <laughs> okay. We actually got an extension on this particular property. We've had yeah. it for like so, two months. Yeah. So, we so, just can't move it. So we're, we're, we're really at the, like the, the, the very ends of this deal that we're trying to sure. push. And when, so you have, you know, you have two options. You either call the seller and you just kind of cancel it there or you or can you ask for an extension right. or you renegotiate. Or right. you have three. You have three options. Right. Well, shout out the deal. I mean, this episode is going to be out in in another yeah. uh, week or two. So hopefully, yeah, yeah. hopefully you guys sell it before then. But what kind of deal is it? What is it looking like? Okay. Yeah. So it's a four unit property in Lakeland, Florida. Right. Yeah. So this particular property, uh, it's not a conventional like fourplex. It's a single family home, a duplex that is a one one, and then a mobile home all on one parcel. Right. Okay. So it's a little funky. The, 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 the single family home is in, is in pretty good shape. The other two buildings just need a ton of work. Right. So, you know, we have it, we have it out at two thirty-five. It's bringing in like over $3,000 in rent. And, you know, the thing for us is we know Lakeland is a hot market. So we're actually a little surprised that we're actually not having any traction with it and not able to move it. What I think it can be is just the, you know, just the condition of the, the mobile home does look in, look like a, it's in rough shape. And right. the, the, there's a two-unit apartment that looked like it can use some work too. But, uh, you know, I, I for someone that grew up in that area, I think that's the ideal buyer that we need. Someone that's investing only there in Lakeland. Sure. Doing it for years, right? Now, how are you building these buyers lists? Obviously, there's power with network and yes. getting out there. How are you guys doing it? We have really a system and a process in place now that's very effective. So, on our contract, we're actually, we have a clause in there that we can list these properties on the MLS. Nice. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, that helps <laughs> us out a ton, right? So it's on there right now as well? Well, it was actually taken down from the MLS recently, okay? Uh, because it actually expired for the, the, the listing itself. But at, yes, it was on the MLS for Okay. Days. Okay. Okay. It did move. No bites, huh? A few bites, but no one's serious. Yeah, no one's serious. And in addition to that, man, we have an online process. It's kind of like a one through 10 step process where we're utilizing Facebook, Craigslist, sites like BiggerPockets, Connected Investors, um, yeah. all kinds of things, man. And, and then really probably the most effective thing for us besides the MLS has been Bandit Signs. We have okay. a ton of quality buyers from Bandit Signs. Yeah. And we actually just as of earlier this week, put out an additional like 30 bandit signs for this property. And, you know, we're still not getting any traction on it. So it's, it's a little frustrating, man, but you're, you're going to get some duds out there like yeah. this one. And it comes all back down, circles back around to the mindset, the persistentness. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. That's not stopping you guys. You still have the right mindset. You're still doing everything you can to be marketing this properly, or maybe that's an indication like, Hey, let's sit back for a second. Instead of moving forward on all these other projects, let's just take yeah. two seconds to really brainstorm on what is it going to take to push this sucker out as fast as possible. But besides that, you guys have a lot of other things in the mix and that is super powerful. I feel like we, we covered a few different learning curves, which is awesome. Is there anything else that you would kind of leave with the listeners that are just getting started in wholesaling and trying to figure that whole concept out? Sure. So they can try to get the same exact success that you guys have. I mean, you guys are crushing yeah. it. I love the systems that you guys are building in place. Sure, man. I would say initially, you know, don't overcomplicate things, right? Yeah. Don't, don't have your toes dipped into too many waters. We, we talked about the importance of focusing on one maximum two things at once. Yeah. 
Sure. Really, cold calling works. It's extremely effective. If you don't have a ton of money to use, right, you could drive for dollars. You could buy one of these lists uh, and, and, and buy a dialer. And, and from there, really, you know, just discipline yourself to consistently, you know, call these seller leads yeah. until you're, you're able to lock one up, right? Yeah. And then for anyone that's having problems with moving the properties, maybe someone that doesn't have a buyer's list that's really built out yet. The biggest thing that helped us initially, even with our buyer's list that we had, was connecting with other big wholesalers in our market. So if, you know, for those that are new out there, if you could connect with one or two of the bigger players in your market and, yeah. you know, have them JV one of your deals, yep. you know, 50% of something is better than 100% of nothing. Yeah, right. if you don't have time to go to uh, network events or uh, any, any RIAs, post them on Facebook, post them on Craigslist, someone's going to reach out to you and uh, you don't try have an agreement with them on, on profit and, and, you know, just get, move the deal. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it, fellas. All right. How can, um, how can people get a hold of you guys? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm on, I'm on Instagram mostly uh, these days. Uh, Facebook, I'm really just using for business and marketing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so on Instagram, you can type in Julian, J-U-L-I-A-N, Vincent, V-I-N-C-E-N-T underscore. I believe it's one or two underscores, but that's me on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Same for me, man. I, I really just kind of use Facebook for marketing, but my Instagram handle is Dave underscore underscore bear, B-A-I-E-R. And, you know, that's probably the best way to connect with me as well. Okay. I love it. Guys, you guys are the best. I really do appreciate, I appreciate your vibes. I appreciate the energy that you guys bring to the table and, and the willingness to put the deals to the side for two seconds. Well, about an hour actually right now and diving in, giving back to the listeners. So you guys are the best. I really do appreciate your time. We appreciate and you I know too. tons of value in this one. I mean, I'm learning a lot right now. I know the listeners are taking notes as well and, and they're going to be able to take some crazy action, be able to get the same results as you guys. Yeah, I could. I mean, we can talk this all day. I know yeah. there's other struggles we've dealt with, but I, I, I know we're on a time constraint. So right. yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah. next time, I, I definitely want to recircle with you guys, uh, check out in the future, and get you guys back on here because I know there's a million different moving pieces, and as you guys grow, there's going to be a lot more amazing things that you guys could give back to the listeners. So absolutely, absolutely, you guys are the best. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. If you guys want to reach out to me, you guys can always do so at brandonelliotinvestments.com. Otherwise, Instagram, Brandon Elliott Investments, and then facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott REI. As always, make sure you go check out and hit that subscribe button on anywhere that you listen to podcasts, preferably iTunes on Ready, Set, Go Real Estate Investing Podcast. You'll get the newest notification every single Monday for the new episode out with amazing rock stars just like these guys giving back to you so you guys get educated, motivated, and prepared to take action and, uh, and cut your learning curves in half or hopefully even more. And, uh, and not have to go through the same craziness that some of us have uh, on our own. But with that being said, make sure you hit the subscribe button, leave a review, let me know what you guys are thinking about it, and, uh, and share this out to somebody that needs to hear it as well. Julian, Dave, you guys are the best. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate Thank you, you so man. much, man. Yeah. All right, guys. Stay blessed. Till next time. Till next time. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.